Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So we're going to go ahead and get started since it's 102. We got a lot of things to talk about today, y'all. So I thank you guys for waiting. Thank you guys for waiting for me for these last couple of weeks. I've been um, doing some changes and trying to figure out how I wanted the show to go. And I wanted to make sure that you guys are receiving everything that God has given me to give to you all. And so with that, I had to do some searching of the soul and <clears throat> find out um, what was missing. I felt like something was missing. And I feel like the thing that was missing was that I wasn't being as transparent as I wanted to be, right? So I wanted to give you guys the full access to the real Brandy Alexander, not the Brandy Alexander that you may think you know, but the Brandy Alexander that kind of keeps hidden, keeps her business to herself um, because, you know, she doesn't want to be judged. Like, and to give you all a perspective from my point of view so that you all could receive it. And hopefully if you know someone or if you're going through it yourself, you're able to um, use me as an example or um, kind of take from what I've said or what I've been through or how I dealt with it and come to your own conclusion. Because at the end of this, we want to be healthier, right? We want to be healed. Um, and so in order to get to that healing state, we got to go through all of this traumatic state. And um, it's a lot. <laughs> it is a lot, um, especially when you step into my world. Um, I don't talk about what I've been through um, a lot. I don't talk about me a lot at all. Um, my focus is usually on everyone else that I love and hopefully uh, helping them to be the better version of what I would have liked to have been um, at, at the time or in the place that they're in. And um, so with that, I uh, try to just give you what you need in order to grow, right? I don't give you too much of me um, in order to say, hey, I'm only telling you this because of dot, dot, dot. Now, that was the old me. As of 2022, this time last year, um, I decided I had enough of just talking out of talking and talking around situations and talking around conversations. And actually, I wanted to start to have the conversation. So thank you for waiting. Um, but it's time to do the big unveil. <laughs> so as you guys can see, I have on my pink that is representing my pink and purple for domestic violence and um Breast Cancer Awareness Month. If you don't know, I it, I pray that you do your research on um, this month and hopefully find ways to um, help the, help those who have either been um, diagnosed, know someone who's diagnosed, or have dealt with someone who has um, died because of a diagnosis, as well as those who have been abused, those who are been abused or those who are taking the healing journey from their abuse, right? Because everybody along that spectrum is important. The people who it happened to, the people who um, have to feel the effects of what happened. And so we want to talk about everybody in between. Um, or we want to help, not talk about, but we want to help everybody that's um, in between. So from the beginning to the end. And so as I came today and I was talking about beginning your healing journey, I was like, I've already talked about that. Um, so I was trying to figure out why was this dropped in my spirit in order to speak on it because um, I didn't get it. And I actually started writing my notes and I was like, I already made this point. And I already made that point. I was on the wrong situation. I was on the wrong topic. I was supposed to be on the healing journey, but we're going to take the healing journey from a different perspective. We're going to talk about it from a domestic violence and a breast cancer awareness um, standpoint. Um Again, if you've never gone through it or you've never had that scare, I don't recommend trying to figure out what it's about. Um, but I do say that it is traumatic in itself, whether you're actually diagnosed as having breast cancer or whether you have a lump. Um, and the process after that um, is even more traumatic. You know, like 
what do you do after? How do you take care of yourself? How do you not, you know, go through the same situation over and over again? And so one thing I love about October and the fact that it celebrates two very traumatic situations is that those situations collide in the way that it affects those around you and you. Um, and so you can kind of talk about one and deal with the other two and use some of the same points in order to help others understand. So um, today we're going to break down some stuff and I'm going to talk about me. <laughs> um, and I, again, I hope you receive everything that I'm saying. Um, and I'm not putting anybody on blast. This is not what I'm trying to do. I'm not trying to you know, make anybody look bad. I'm just owning my truth. And um, if you can't respect that or um, you feel like, um, you know, I'm offending you, then it's not my problem to make you feel better. It's your problem to fix whatever is making you feel the way that you're feeling. Right. So one thing that I've learned is that, you know, we continue to try to make people happy and try to make them feel better about what they did to us. But in actuality, was that their motive when they were doing what they were doing? I don't think so. So um, also something that's new. Um, I don't know for you guys that's on Instagram, um, if you're able to see now you're able to come into uh, my room and actually have a conversation with me. So I am asking that if you have a question, if you can't get it in the chat fast enough or you want to get on the screen and, and say some things, please um, go into the. Um, I forgot what it's called. But you can go in, go in and request that I allow you to be on the show with me. Um, and, and if you just want to use that to ask your question or have a quick conversation, that's fine. Um, just let me know that that's what you want to do. Maybe do a hand, um, raise your hand and let me know that you're coming in so that I can make sure that I let you in. And let's have that conversation. All right. So just some things I want to make you aware of. And guys. If you see me pulling on this shirt, you see this microphone is like right up at my mouth. I mean, I'm not a very tall person. I'm 5'2". And so between the neck and the head and the mic, is just giving a lot. But um, anyway, um, <laughs> um, so I want to just first hit on some statistics that <clears throat> may shock you, may not. Maybe you've done your research, maybe you haven't. Um, but we're going to talk about it today. Okay. So I went on and um, I looked at the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence. Right. One in three women, one in four women, uh, men, I'm sorry, have been physically abused. Now, this is abuse where some people don't even consider it abuse. Right. You've been slapped or you know, punched one time or, but anytime somebody put their hands on you, that is not welcoming that they do, um, out of anger, they are physically abusing you. So don't let nobody confuse you to make you say, Oh, I just slapped you that one time. or I just yelled that one time. One thing you will not do is take me back to my trauma. Okay. So for all the men out there who are looking for someone single and yes, I am, but if you ever wanted to date me and you thought about raising your voice, and I mean thought about raising your voice, that would be the last time you spoke to me. Um, not that I'm looking, okay? Just saying. I'm just making a point. Um, you can't even raise your voice at me because that's a, a form of abuse um, and verbal abuse. So just think about if you thought about raising your hand at me, how that would make me feel. Um, so again, don't let someone fool you and say, just because I done it that one time, you were not physically abused. If you done anything to me unwarranted that traumatized me, it was abusive. Okay. Whether you spoke it, whether you, um, played with my head mentally or whether you put your hands on me, it was abuse. Okay. One thing that I did not find, um, What's the word I'm looking for? One thing that I did not find that I did not wasn't wasn't aware of or didn't think to be true was that black women are the most 
abused of any ethnic ethnicity in any race. Okay? Black women. Now, why y'all feel like we're the ones that you need to put your hands on? I have no idea. Um, but we are, and it's and it's hurtful to even look at that statistic and know that to be true. You know, like I said, as a person who's been abused mentally, physically, and mentally, um, the one thing that I used to question was myself, not him, but myself. Like, what am I doing wrong? What did I say? What are I, you know, trying to fix it, trying to make it different. But at the end of the day, I'm not the problem. He's the problem. And if you're in the same sex relationship, she's the problem. So it's not up to you to, to change them. It's up to them to change them. And I would love to tell you that the first time I was abused by my ex-husband, you know, I didn't think, um, I thought that that would be the last time. It only takes one time. Okay. Or he could change. He couldn't change because his, his demons that he was dealing with wouldn't allow him to change. And I couldn't leave because the fear that had been put inside of me or from not just him, but things that I had already dealt with made me stay. Okay. So just want to put that out there. Um, I don't understand why I don't understand why we intimidate people to make them think that we need to be beaten into a submissive form. Um, I don't get that. Um, we as women, carry a lot, but we as black women carry a heck of a lot more. Um, and until we are celebrated amongst, um, ourselves, meaning our own situation, black woman, a black woman, until we figure that part out, they're going to continue to do it. Right. So when we, when we tear each other down, we only make room for someone else to do it and it's not an excuse i'm not excusing them what i'm saying is we have to take back the we have to take control of that narrative and turn it around to no women being abused but definitely not black women being the most abused of any other ethnicity right so 72 percent 72 of murder suicides involve intimate partners. 94% of those are death uh, are females. Of those deaths are females. Again, I don't get it. I don't understand. I don't know why anybody needs that much control, but sadly it happens. It happens. And a lot of people will ask you, you know, why, why not leave? And we'll get to that shortly. But if I can answer that question, I'll be able to save all the women shelters um, that there are, all the domestic violence shelters that there are time and energy and just give them the answer to keep those women from even having to come through those doors. So. I don't know, but all I know is those are very staggering numbers that shouldn't be. Let's move on to breast cancer, okay? About 13%, and this is according to the breastcancer.org website, about 13% or one in eight will develop invasive breast cancer in the course of their life. Invasive means it's taken over. You probably have to go to chemo. Um, it could be a long fight. It could be in um, a deathly fight, but nevertheless, it 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 can be uh, it can be bad. And one in eight women. So if you sitting in a room of eight women, just know that one of you guys could be the one that uh, would develop invasive breast cancer in the course of your life. They are estimating estimating that two hundred ninety seven thousand. 790 women or people um, 
will be diagnosed in 2023 with breast cancer. That's almost 300,000 people. Now, on the great scale of things, when you look at how many people are in the United States, uh, that may not seem like a lot, but even one person um, is too many. About 85% of breast cancers occur in women who have no family history. So don't think that you're obsolete because on the flip side of that, only 15% of women who have a family history will actually have breast cancer. So you're more likely than the ones who actually have the gene in their family. That's crazy. And you know who is the most likely to die? And I, I say that because I'm only smiling because it just baffles me that this is another um, very disgusting statistic. The race that the race of people that is most likely to die from breast cancer are black women. Die. That is crazy. So let me tell you a little bit about me and breast cancer. I, a couple years ago, I had a lump in my breast and actually I didn't really think of it too much. Right. I'll go, I'll have a mammogram. It'll be fine. Da, 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 whatever. And I'm in my thirties at this time. So, um, me having a mammogram was kind of early. Um, but I had a lump, so I had to go get it taken care of. So we're hoping it's just a cyst, right? It's just a cyst. We're going to go in and they're going to take it out and everything's going to be fine. Right. So I go have my mammogram and they say, I need an ultrasound because they see the lump and I have the ultrasound and they say, Oh, it's just a cyst. So we'll, we'll take this very, very, very thin needle and we'll go in and we'll, um, drain it and, and you'll be fine. Well, they drained it, but it didn't go away. So we had to have surgery. Now, I don't know about y'all. I have never been cut. Okay. I've, I've never had to be in a very scary situation like this. This tore me up, right? Because of one thing that I'm thinking, oh my God, I have cancer. Like it was the most terrifying moment and I can remember it like it was yesterday. And I sat out there with a woman who had just been diagnosed with breast cancer. And the only thing that I could say to myself was, what did I do so wrong that now I have breast cancer? That's crazy. But that's my thought. You know, and this woman is trying to, encourage me and you know and I'm I'm listening I'm hearing but I'm not it's not registering right I'm it's, it's shut down because all I can think about is this lump that they tried they told me it was going to be simple they were going to extract it and I was going to be good and you know and now I have to have surgery can you imagine my mindset up until that day I had surgery and here I am working 16 hours a day you know I'm trying to get my credit straight so I can, you know, move on with my life and finally turn that page of uh, being broke and credit all jacked up. Like I'm trying to turn that page and here we go with the breast cancer. Seriously. So I go in, I um, have it removed and, you know, thank God it was negative, but can you imagine the traumatic effects that that could have on a person? Because I couldn't at the time before I went into that mammogram and everybody was telling me it's a cyst, it's a cyst, it's a cyst, it happens. And then for that, that uh, radiologist or whomever he was, I don't even know what his title was, but to tell me, uh, yeah, it didn't work, Ms. Alexander, so we have to have surgery. What? And then after I have surgery, I have to go back to find out what the results are. 
as a person who has been crippled by what others thought of me and the way I looked. Um, and now you're telling me in my mind, right? I done concocted up this whole conversation with my, in my mind that this man didn't even tell me, but now you're telling me you're going to cut my breast off. Like, and now I got to deal with that. So it was just a lot that goes on in my mind, but just think of the women who actually come out and it's positive. And just think about those numbers that I gave you and think about the ethnic, um, right. The, well, the race of that person and the men black and how in a black family that hurts. Because for a lot of you who don't know the black woman in the household, in the households that I know of, right. Were the ones who took care of the households. So imagine when she's taken from the equation. What does that do to the family? What if they're children? How do we come back from that? It took a minute and it still bothers me because the lump came back, right? The lump came back and here I am again, back in the mammogram, back in the radio, you know, the, the ultrasound and, you know, so to go through that, I can kind of begin to understand because I can't say that I understand. I can begin to understand how those women, you know, how traumatic that is and how, you know, um, it changes them because let's just say for argument's sake, they do. And they go through the, the, uh, chemo and they come out on the other end and they're in what they call remission. Right. They're in remission, but who's to say how long that remission really is. Can you imagine living with that? Every day, not knowing. So let's switch over to domestic violence. And I'm going to show you how these two connect. Right. The first time I was ever in fear while in my domestic relationship, domestic violent relationship, wasn't the first time he hit me. It wasn't the first time he put a gun to my face. It wasn't the first time he, you know, beat me with my children standing there. Wasn't none of that. I can handle that. The first time I was ever, ever afraid and felt powerless was when we had gone to court and they were going to make him go through um, anger management. Um, my lawyer had told me they were going to make him go through anger management in hopes of help it, helping him to be another a better person. His lawyer told him that they were plotting to send him to jail. He went ballistic at the courthouse. At the dang gone courthouse. A place where I'm supposed to feel safe because they're policemen and it's a judge and, you know, he's not going to try me in here. I've never felt more afraid than him attacking me, not physically, mentally, by telling me, oh my God, they're going to send me to jail and it's all your fault. It's all your fault because you went, da, 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 da. I mean, just going on and on and on to the point to where I got on the stand and put my children's life on the line and lied. Let that sink in for a moment. Press charges, went to court, had said all I needed to say. They were going to get him some help. He came and turned that all the way around to where it was my fault. As if 
I took his hands and hit me. And I changed my story. I got on the stand and committed perjury. I just told y'all 10 seconds ago, well, 10 minutes ago, in the world that I lived in, black women took care of the households. Who's going to take care of my babies while I'm up here committing perjury for somebody who felt like I was his, I don't want to say punching bag, but for lack of better terms, punching bag. Where were they going to go? Who's going to take care of them? That was a fear that stuck with me for a while. And I felt like if he could attack me in that place, I wasn't safe anywhere. Nothing nobody could do. No one can help me. Y'all, that's crazy. Powerless. So when it happened again, I took it. What's the point in calling police? When it happened again, I took it. What's the point in calling the police? Now, I got to a point to where I fought back. Now, let's not get it twisted in thinking that, you know, I was just in a corner getting my but be but my mind was so warped and so confused and so beaten itself that what I was hitting back with wasn't even making a difference it wasn't changing anything it was just making the situation worse but I fought back and I continued to fight back just like the women who have to deal with not, well, deal with being in remission. They're fighting. Every day is a fight. While they're going through chemo, they're fighting. Every day is a fight. So when I talk about domestic violence and breast cancer awareness and how they interlock, it's because it's a fight. It's a fight within yourself because nobody else can do anything. Nobody else can help you while you're going through. Nobody. They can't take the cancer no more than somebody can change your mind into leaving. That's a decision you have to make. You have to make that decision to say, am I going to lay here and allow whatever this is to consume me or am I going to fight back and take my life back from whatever trauma this has done to me? Those who survive. For the children of the ones who may not survive, you have to continue to fight because you have to say, am I going to allow this to hinder me or, or, am, I, or am I going to use this to help other people not go through this same situation? The one thing I despise about us as humans is that we go through things, but there are a very small percentage of us who actually go through something. And then once we reach a healthy point, we reach back and grab somebody else and say, okay, now I can help you because I've decided to help myself. Everybody wants to be the one to say, oh, not me, girl. I'm good now. I went through that, but I'm on top. Well, what about the other women? Are you telling your story? Are you trying to be healed? Or are you just going to the next man and allowing him to abuse you in a different way? Are you living in remission and, and not talking and speaking to women who, you know, women, period. I ain't going to say women who, just women. And letting them know how debilitating having this disease can be. But how you made it out on the other side? Just think about it. If those one in four women talk to other 
groups of four women, how impactful we could be. A lot of women probably don't even know that it's domestic violence and breast cancer awareness. Not unless somebody on social media tells you so. So when are we going to step in and be honest and, and um, help those who need to be helped? Well, here I am and I'm doing my part. So let's talk about how to start that healing journey. This is if you make it through. And this is if you are a descendant of someone who did not make it through, how you make it through. Okay? Because again, I told you, everyone is affected. It's not just the person who is dealing with it. It's everybody who's connected to that person. So the people who are connected, how are you going to begin your healing journey? And the people who survived, how are you going to begin your healing journey? My number one is start by understanding that it's not your fault. There are some who I know will say, oh, he wasn't a bad guy. She just provoked him. But y'all don't know her mouth. I ain't going to say my mouth ain't slick. But, I'm, but I want to understand what could I have said that make you want to raise your hand or raise a gun at me. Help me understand that. And a lot of people don't even know Half of what I am putting out here. Mm. But I know. So again, I say to you, understand that it's not your fault. You didn't do anything. This is not God punishing you. This is a situation that a traumatic person pulled you into. And now you're having to reap what they're dealing with because they won't get help. Number two, give yourself time to grieve. If you're in remission, grieve that cancer, that chemo therapy that you had to go through grieve that whole process if you're a survivor of abuse grieve that toxic relationship that abusive relationship if you're tied to them in any kind of way and they did not make it grieve them in such a way to where on the other side you come out healthier than you were before and there are steps to grieving. Okay? I'm not telling you to get over it. I'm telling you to allow yourself to grieve. Give yourself grace. It's going to take time. I did not come straight out of my domestic violent relationship into a healing journey. When I started this journey in 2022, I did not think. There was any way on God's green earth I was going to be able to stay in this mindset of getting to a healed place. I felt like all that I had and all that I was was tied to that very toxic relationship. I had told myself that I didn't want to have certain things in life. A marriage being one of them. A relationship being another. Because what was the point? I had told myself that, you know, it is what it is. I'm all right. But inside, I was filled with so much anger, I couldn't even see straight, to be honest. It wasn't until last year when I was 
I was summoned by my higher power to tell my story. And I wrote it in a poem. And you guys can read the poem whenever I decide to release it. <laughs> but in the meantime, it was a great poem. It was very um, ins ins inspiring to myself and to other women. And that was when I felt like when I stood up there on that stage and I read that story and I wore this exact hoodie, I decided my life was my own. And I was not going to allow anybody or anything to ever in life take that away from me. That was the start of my healing journey. But I had to grieve that process. Something I had only com only done two parts of the grieving process. Denial. Okay. At first I denied it. I wasn't abused. I wasn't abused. I mean, we had fights. I mean, he did do this and I was in denial. Then I was angry. Oh, this clown had the audacity to put his hands on me. Then I start bargaining. If I could just get over this. If I could just. I won't get in another relationship. Or if I could just have this person for a minute. I, I won't really care about, you know, whatever, whatever. Bargaining with myself with myself if I can do this then that'll prove that then there was depression that sucks that depression really sucked but then I accepted I accepted it I accepted it and I said, yes, I was. And I started to want to change. Want to do better, want to live better, want to be healed. Whether I don't get any other person in my life ever, ever, never again, it doesn't matter. I'm loving me. I had to focus on living. I was used to surviving. Surviving the abuse, surviving the effects of the abuse, surviving whatever. Surviving. I'm good at that. Promise you. Got a PhD in survival. I can survive anything. But what it does to me when I survive something is a whole nother situation. It's a whole nother rabbit hole of mess. That I refuse to take myself down in. So now I'm living. I am learning to live. Learning to just be happy. Again, and this is not to make anybody feel any type of way. The moment I went to sign the papers for my own home. No co-signer. Ooh. All I can say is that was my time to say I've done it. I didn't need anything or anyone to validate me. I just needed to love me and I could accomplish anything. I went to the dealership. I was able to go to the dealership and tell the dealership what I wanted. Not you looked at my credit and you taking me over here and you taking me over there. No, Miss Alexander, what what do you want? Because you can get this 2020 because this was 2020 when I bought my car. You can get this 2020. I already had my approval papers before I even went to the dealership. I knew what I could get and it was anything on that dealership that I wanted. On that on that on that car lot, I'm sorry. That I wanted. And they wanted to give me what they wanted me to have. But I wanted what I wanted. And I didn't let nobody tell me different. 
it's a beautiful thing. And again, I'm not saying that because of bragging, but I am bragging on myself because I decided to take the healing journey. Now, granted, I was only taking parts in 2020. But even still, I was headed toward the healing journey. I just didn't know that that's what I was doing. I didn't understand that that's what I was doing. I was just doing it because I could. But it was a bigger purpose at the end. Last but not least, and I say this to you guys all the time, seems like in everything that I talk about, learn to love yourself. Oh my God, it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. I used to be so self-conscious, okay? When I first started to develop, I developed all wrong, okay? And before I developed, I was this very skinny young girl with broad shoulders, still got the broad shoulders, but very broad shoulders, super skinny. Um, and it just didn't look right. I really had the shape of a T. Y'all think I'm playing? It's no joke. A whole lot of T. Okay. But when I started to love myself, and this was just recently. When I started to love myself and I stood in the mirror and I looked and now nah, I wasn't, I ain't, I ain't slim like I used to be. And it's some, it's some roles where it should be straight, but they my roles and I love them just like I love the straight parts. Now for my height and my weight, I need to lose some weight and I understand that and I get that. But like I've told you guys before, if I don't, Ain't nobody got to roll around in my bed with me but me, okay? And I got a king-size bed. So at the end of the day, it's more room than I would ever need. So why am I not going to love what I am, who I am, how I am at this moment? I thought that, you know, me not being as successful as people want to use the word success so loosely um, that I was going to be condemned. At the end of the day, I walk into my door and turn the key. I turn the key and walk in my door to my own home. What else could I possibly need? Now, there are some things that I want, but I've succeeded in what I considered success from being in a place where I couldn't do this and I couldn't do that and I couldn't have this and I couldn't have that to walking in my own home, taking flights to wherever I want to go, doing things I would have never imagined I could do. And it ain't because some man laid some money on my dresser. It's because I was blessed enough to have it myself. Because I started to believe in me and I started to love me. So I started to treat myself with the same love and respect that I wanted others to treat me again, as it goes to dealing with survival of um, breast cancer. You have to take your life back. You can't be consumed with the fact that I have had breast cancer. I'm in remission from breast cancer. You have to live because none of us are promised whether we have cancer or not. So why not live? And it's not an easy thing to do. I'm not, I'm not even going to even think that I'm not even going to begin to understand what that means for those who have to deal with the word cancer. But what I will say is, it's feasible. Living is feasible. Loving yourself is feasible. The new you, whatever comes out on the other side, is, is good enough. 
It's no different. It's just changed. It's still you. So again, as you go through Domestic Violence Month and Breast Cancer Awareness Month, please know that there are people out here who struggling to get to a place. Whatever that place is for them, they are struggling to get to that place. It's a constant fight to get to that place. I can't imagine what my boys went through trying to deal with me who was trying to deal with um, being abused. But what I will say is that they support me in every single thing that I do and every win that I make. I get a high five three times. When I had to deal with that lump in my breast, they were there. I can't imagine what it made them feel like, but what I will say is we took that walk. We did that together. Them losing their father to whatever. I can't imagine. If it would have been death, but you know, I can't imagine. But what I will say is I would have never allowed them to stay in that and make them feel like that's it for them. This is all I have. That was all I had because there's still so much more to give. And even after the trauma, even after the domestic violence and even after after the breast cancer, you still have to live. I know if it were me, if what happened to me took me out of here, the last thing I would want to know is that my children stopped living because something happened to me. Live how they would have wanted you to live. I'm not saying don't mourn, but what I'm saying is don't sit in it so much to where it consumes you. It keeps you from living and loving and, 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 and being a voice for those who may be going through the same thing. Reach out. So I hope you guys learned something today. Today was actually a learning video. Um, and it was also a better um, opportunity for me to talk about myself and how I dealt with the um, traumas of thinking I had breast cancer to knowing I was a victim of domestic of domestic violence and still trying to, um, um, validate it by acting like it didn't happen. Um, I hope that you learned something today. I hope you take what you have learned. And if you know someone who's experiencing, just let them know that there is help out there. Um, there are hotlines out there. It, they can call me if they need someone to really talk to them who, um, can really help them to understand that it ain't about you. I mean, I'm saying it, I'm, I'm sorry. It ain't about them. It's about you. It's about making sure that you're okay because you can't make sure that they're okay. That's a choice that they have to make. So few things changing days. Yay. So starting October 17th, I think it is. October 17th, we will start um, going live on Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. Um, updates um, on other streaming services like YouTube will now be Wednesdays as opposed to Sunday. Um, I have some things going on, so I have to change today from Saturday to Tuesday. I'm sorry for any inconvenience, but I'm hoping that more people are able to join because they're getting off work. They're getting home, getting home and maybe they want to sit and have a conversation with me. So I'm hoping that that uh, it actually helps the show as, and more people who need to hear it can hear it. But I'm also um, doing what I need to do for myself. So I hope that you're able to join me. Also, again, um, we're going to be changing some things to where. You can just come on in and, and have a conversation. And I hope that you don't get so afraid by what you think others are going to think, because it doesn't matter at the at the end of the day. I know people are going to um, 
feel some type of way, um, especially people that may be closer to him, his friends or whatever may, may feel a type of way from what I'm doing. I don't live for them. I live for myself. So at the end of the day, if you're living for yourself and you really want to have a conversation with me, please reach out to me, the real Brandy Alexander at gmail.com or on my website, www.therealbrandyalexander. Come on to the show. Let's have a conversation. Let's talk about it. Let's be about it. Let's actually heal from it all and we can heal together. Um, I do want to uh, do some other things that, and it may even be like a live show. Like I'm trying to put a live in-person show. So I'm trying to put things together to um, help you guys engage and stay connected with me because I have so much that's coming down the platform that I want to be able to help any and everybody from young to old that may be dealing with things that just in the damn way, right? The name of the show next week, please join me. I think we're talking about colorism or sibling rivalry. I can't, under, I can't remember which one it is, but just know it will be interesting and we will be breaking it down and some people will be mad. And again, I'm sorry, but I can't care. Um, so join me next week. I hope you guys have a wonderful day. Um, it is sunny and nice outside. I'm going to get out and get me some vitamin D. Um, but uh, put your pink on, your purple on, represent for those who are affected and have a beautiful weekend. Bye.